everyone, Mad Mag here, and I'm recording the intro for Season 2, Episode 3. It was kind of a mini-sode called Sad Day, and I really thought about leaving this off. I thought about as I've been doing this migration process, not including this episode and letting it just sort of get lost in the mists of time, but then I changed my mind, and here's why because this episode was a bummer episode. The reason I wanted to leave it off, I was afraid people would judge me, would think I was stupid or inauthentic or I don't know, a lot of negative things. And it's because I was feeling those things about myself. I was upset with myself over a situation. Um, I was upset because there were other things that could have been done to prevent the situation. I was unhappy with myself and I recorded the episode at the time to be vulnerable. I recorded the episode to be like, hey, this is a thing that happened to me and now I'm upset and I am dealing with this weird grieving process and it feels clumsy and I feel vulnerable and ridiculous and I am struggling with it. So all of the things I felt were good reasons to make the episode over time have become reasons I didn't want to migrate that episode over to this new platform. And I realized, you know, if people have listened to my whole podcast and then they come across this one and this is the episode where they're like, ew, well, nope, I'm done now then, I mean, it was going to happen eventually anyway, and I lose a listener or two, or, well, that's being generous. That's assuming I have that many listeners. Point being, I'm going to publish this because if any of you start a podcast, I want you to feel like you can be authentic, and I want you to feel like you are empowered to be real when you are upset about something, and if talking about grief or talking about the things you wish you had done differently comes across as clumsy and challenging, that that's okay because that's who we are and we need to be real about what what grief looks like. It shouldn't have to be a secret and, and this isn't grief like a human didn't die. Uh, you know, trigger warning, there's death that takes place in this or I'm talking about a death that took place of an animal in this episode and I was you know really upset about it and struggling with how to handle it because I had to make choices regarding you know the care or the end of life for this animal okay I'm rattling on because again this is an episode I wasn't entirely comfortable even migrating over so that's I guess this is also my disclaimer and uh, ugh, this is not my favorite one and it shows even in this intro so okay gonna stop now so this is season two episode four mini so mm, sad day hey everyone welcome to today's episode of mad max curios emporium today is a bit of a downer episode um, to be recording and I will probably put this episode out the following day. I don't know that I'm going to post it immediately after recording. Um, so 
today, I got myself ready and set off um, to go to the store. And before I'd gotten completely out of my neighborhood area, I saw a black cat that looked like it was sort of laying and warming itself on the side of the road. And I had that moment of anxiety, like, this is not safe, it will get hit. And I was right next to the perfect area to do a little U-turn in the neighborhood. And as I pulled up to the cat, I could see, first of all, it did not get up and run away, which was extremely unusual um, because cars are big and frightening. My intent was to scare it off the road, so it didn't move. That made me a little anxious, and I saw that it had this strange, um, uneven tick going on with its head. Like, I don't know how to explain it except to say that it just, it was having these irregular spasms, tremors, convulsions, however you want to describe it. And I felt my heart drop into the pit of my stomach. I felt like all the oxygen had evacuated from the atmosphere. I felt like I was suffocating because, I mean, th those are immediate signs that something is severely wrong. I did not see blood around it. I did not see, its body was not misshapen in any way that was indicative of it being hit by a car, but there was absolutely and without question neurological damage. I knew this because I had a cat that was once poisoned and it had similar symptoms. Fortunately, that cat was able to, my, my cat from my childhood was able to recover and had had some minor uh, disabilities afterwards, but otherwise lived a, a reasonably long and healthy cat life. Um, the cat did not try to run away, except at one point it just sort of got up and went under the wheel of my car because it was anxious. I was able to pull out a, uh, a piece of, I keep so many things in my car and it, it does pay off, I guess, but I was able to pull off out a piece of cardboard and a towel and without making any physical contact with the cat completely wrap it in the towel place it on the cardboard it did not fuss it did not fight hiss nothing fortunately there was no blood I was anxious about moving it initially because if it was injured um, especially if there was a spinal injury that could exacerbate or make it fatal however the fact that the cat got up and moved of its own volition removed some of the the hesitation I mean I was going to have to move this cat no matter what because they don't really do an ambulance for pets um so it, and it was this beautiful full black um long-haired cat and I will remember it had this gorgeous bushy tail it was such a beautiful cat but it was completely wrapped in the blanket laid there um I could just watch the blanket sitting on top of this this cardboard in the uh, passenger seat, I could just watch it doing this weird spastic movement. And I mean, I was fully ready for this cat to die as I was driving it to the animal hospital. Um, and I got it there, came in obviously looking like a crazy person. Cause let's be clear. I had left the house with every intention of going and buying some really delicious gluten-free cereal. 
That's all I thought my day was going to hold in terms of getting out of the house. This was not anticipated. Um, So I handled it with zero grace and dignity. I'm, you know, walking in, carrying a piece of cardboard with a twitching towel on it and shakily like telling them what happened in reception. Uh, The wonderful lady at reception, at the reception desk of this animal hospital immediately recognized, Hey, this looks like a crisis situation, but nonetheless has to ask me, am I willing to pay for, you know, the charges that will inevitably incur, even if they are just examining the cat? I said, yes, didn't even think twice about that. Um, they very quickly, they had, they took the cat back. They sent me to a, a, a private room where I started having a meltdown. I can be calm and collected and get things done in the moment. But then once there is that that quiet space, it's like my processors don't fully function. They don't kick in. There's a lot of sputtering and false starts that happen. So I would I would vacillate between being really kind of feeling numb and just wanting to ugly cry all over the place. Fortunately, there was enough going on. I'm having to fill out forms and feeling like this absolute train wreck. I'm like, I don't even know if this is a boy or a girl, let alone the age. I just know it was a black cat. So I explain finding it and they do a preliminary exam. The doctor comes back and it is the kind of news... Based on the condition that the cat was in, I knew I wasn't going to get good news. I knew that. Um, so I guess the good thing being it wasn't visibly traumatized in terms of being hit. Um, however, the symptoms... Uh, the head ticking, the uh, tremors and seizuring, it had started drooling excessively. It wasn't shutting its mouth. Um, all absolute signs of rabies. And that crushed me. Because, uh, dear listener, if you are not aware, rabies cannot be diagnosed in an animal until the animal... Um, has died and the tissue can be sent off to the CDC or animal control to test it. And they have to test as I, as I recall the brain tissue. So as soon as she said it, it hadn't even crossed my m- mind at the, in the heat of the moment. Cause I saw a cat on road, not look good. My first instinct is hit by car. Hey, no blood. That's great. But it's, it might've, you know, there was a chance the cat could have been poisoned. Um, there was a chance of other conditions. However, every symptom it was displaying, uh, was a sign of rabies. And that, that was gutting me. And I was not in a condition to make rational decisions because I was, I was going through all the options. The vet very kindly and very compassionately was talking to me about, you know, how here are the options. Here's how quickly those costs are going to add up. And while 
being compassionate and saying, I know it's hard to put a price on this. Um, but also understanding this wasn't my cat. Her biggest concern were was a health concern because while I did not get scratched, I do have one or two small cuts on the tops of my hands from my dear sweet home kitties. And even though I never made direct physical contact with the cat, there's always that chance, that small chance of contamination. Um, And furthermore, if this cat has rabies, um, this is a neighborhood with a lot of animals, a lot of animals, a lot of outdoor pets, a lot of people who go walking and jogging. This is a very, um, like heavily utilized outdoor space. My neighborhood is where, where this cat was found, which means there is a great, um, chance that this is something that could be, could have been spread. And that's something we need to know if the cat had rabies. And if you haven't picked up yet, I am speaking about the cat sort of in the past tense more often than not, because I, I had to contact my partner. He had to come down and help me because I was, I was a mess. They were so kind at, at the animal hospital, but as soon as he heard there was a chance I could be I could have been contaminated no matter how small and the only way to know for sure would be for the cat to be put down. That was an easy choice for him to make. It's harder to make those kind of decisions for yourself. And yet I say that I have a daughter that I need to be in good condition to take care of. I have three home cats who need my love and need me to be here. I have a partner that I agreed to be with and to stand by and I can only do that if I'm you know not dead from rabies so I have um I'm gonna have an upcoming appointment to talk to my uh, general practitioner my doctor and see if um, I need to go ahead and get started on the the series of shots meanwhile we had to sign off on the cat being euthanized and Believe me when I say this is, this was such a hard choice and I've been just sort of gutted the rest of the day. Um, but I mean, I'm going to be stuck getting the shots either way. We need to know and it needs to be reported to the proper authorities if there's a rabies outbreak happening. Um, because especially, like I said, in my neighborhood, we have so many domesticated and semi-domesticated animals all over the place. Children play outside all the time. Um, The risk is so huge. Something like this could spread like wildfire so quickly and in an area like this because this is the kind of area where it'd be least expected. Um, As you know, (laughs) at one point as I was driving home, there was a lady walking uh down the street and she was pregnant and you know it crossed my mind what if she had seen the cat and tried to help it and got infected so on the one hand I hated myself for craving gluten-free cereal which I did not get to pick up by the way um but on the other hand 
I know I did the right thing, even though it hurts. And it made me have to really reflect on kind of where we're at in terms of how we care for, you know, the animals around us. This looked to be a stray. It had no collar. It did. It wasn't microchipped. And this cat existed because somewhere, some, someone down the line had been irresponsible with their pets. This is why it is so very important to spay and neuter your pets. This is why it is so important to be mindful if you are going to have outdoor pets of what that risk is. I understand that animals get out. So at the bare minimum, with the understanding that animals get out, get them fixed. Get them fixed so we don't have these population booms because life for these animals, it's not good. It's usually really violent. They usually have a bad death. This was one of the better outcomes um, for a wild cat to actually have because if somehow this cat could have been rehabilitated, it would have had to go to a shelter. We're at maximum capacity for how many pets we can have. It would have had to go to a shelter. It's a black cat. It is not a kitten. And shelters around here are over capacity, which means it would have been put down. Because something you need to be aware of, no-kill shelters, they have the luxury of being no-kill because they can set a limit on how many animals they accept. Meanwhile, uh, state-run shelters cannot do that. They are required to take at every animal that's brought to them. If they receive government funding, they have to take in those animals, which means they have to make space, which means they have to decide which animals are most likely to be adopted and which do not have a great chance of adoption and those animals have to be put down. So if you don't like the thought of, you know, kill shelters, be aware that they exist because they don't get to turn animals away. It's easy to be a no-kill shelter when you can say, oh, sorry, we literally stop at taking 10 animals. That's all we take and we can turn them away. No-kill can't, they, they cannot turn an animal away even if they are out of space, which means they have to create more space. So this cat, the odds of it being adopted would be very slim because people want cute fluffy kittens. I get that. I get that. I, you know, our cats, they were adopted, but, and one of them was a rescue kitty, but they were still cute fluffy kittens. And I would like to think that from here on out, when we, um, something that's been on my mind is when we adopt any pets in the future, as the time arises, I would like us to go in and adopt the old, old ones. They have a unique kind of love to give and they deserve to be made comfortable, you know, in the end. And I know that, you know, this animal hospital, I've worked with them before, uh, <laughs> when I had pet rats, they were they were wonderful, very compassionate, and the fact that they knew how to care for rats meant a lot to me. Um, they were so kind, and I know that they had everyone's best interest at heart, and that meant so much, and they worked with ways to, like, bring down the cost. In the end, we paid, like, $275, and that includes 
cremating the remains um, of, of Mr. Kitty, you know. When we got home, uh, my partner came home with me, my husband, and I, I had sort of the verbal spillage of just uh, feels and trying to process things and uh, crying because all of this transpired in 45 minutes, maybe. I went from being excited about, you know, my gluten-free cinnamon cereal to sobbing because I had to sign off on, you know, a living thing being put down and it was hard. And some of you may be hearing this and like gnashing your teeth. And I am sorry if the decision I made upsets you. Let's have a conversation about it. You know, tell me what you would have done differently. Um, I had to make choices based on money was a factor. We don't have unlimited funds, but really a big factor is we couldn't risk if, if they're there's rabies spreading through the neighborhood. We need to know that. And it just seemed like this cat had a pretty definitive ending. We just elected to go ahead and make it sooner rather than later. And a big part of it, I didn't want to see this poor thing suffer. It didn't look like it was having a good time to start with. It was not acting like it should have. And it ugh, that was breaking my heart. So, this was a tough experience, and um, I'm talking about it because my, my practice came into play. When I was in the car, I was, I was singing to the cat, because our instinct is to do like the soft, like shushing, shh, 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 like that, but that doesn't translate the same for cats. It's, it can be too close to hissing especially our domestic domesticated cats, the ones who are in the house with us and like grow up from kittenhood, learning that that's a sound we might make to comfort them. It can be different, but on the off chance this wasn't a domesticated cat, I opted for singing because singing really does seem to be soothing to most animals. And I just very softly sang to this poor thing on the way and I did that because it's a living thing. It's you know, if you believe in incarnation, then it could have been any number of things before this lifetime and could go on to be any number of things. And any time we have the opportunity to be kind and to show kindness, we should take it because kindness is free. It didn't cost me anything to at least try to extend that small offer. And if the act itself did not communicate my intent. I I hope that somehow from one living thing to another, it was able to perceive that someone did care about it and someone did want it to have comfort. And I was able to reflect once I was alone in the house about this is a path I chose I, I tend to embrace the, the darker aspects. And by darker, I mean, I recognize that death is a significant part of our journey. We die in a million different ways and are born to a million different adventures. That's life. It's cyclical. And sometimes we're faced with very real 
an actual death and the focus has to be on being sad that that life is gone but knowing that there is still plenty of life around and we we struggle with death pain pain is only for us who are still around we're the ones who are hurting once death has happened we're the ones hurting who are still around and so I did light a candle for the cat just as a symbol of honor as something to light its way across the rainbow bridge because this might be one of the only times it's remembered and honored and so for me I will go on remembering this cat that I had a very very brief interaction with and yet you know I I had to make some hard decisions regarding like the end of its life and that's something we all have to do at some point if you own a pet this is something you have to face if you have any friends at all if you have any loved ones at all in your life you will be a part of this at some point and it can be hard depending on where you are in life. This might be something that already happens or has happened several times. Or it might be something that, you know, you're just now becoming exposed to. And it's really... The grief I'm experiencing is not substantial. It is It is a passing grief because I don't... I'm not going to have current like ongoing reminders of this event so please I hope nobody thinks I'm comparing this to if you lose a parent or you know unfortunately in some cases a child I'm not comparing the two I'm saying this is just a general reflection of I unex unexpectedly had to face death like something dying something I had to cognizantly be aware that something died and specifically died because of me that's that's what this is a, a reflection on um and this is partially my way of processing it is just sort of talking it out um and lighting the candle I feel like that's a very poignant thing it's something that translates well across a lot of cultures and a lot of practices it was a candle that I had actually inscribed for the uh the wolf's moon and I don't know it just it felt like a right time to go ahead and light it so I did I burned some incense and had some meditative and cleansing time for myself just to just to feel my feelings and try to stop the the um the stuttering and misfiring of emotion that was happening in my brain and to recalibrate and it really helped a lot and this was a smaller process because the cat had not I I wasn't bonded to it it wasn't bonded to me um there wasn't this extreme severing that occurred between us it was just one of those 
um, passing instances. Um, but it gave me a lot to think about in terms of how I will have grief come up in the future and how I am going to be dealing with that, how I dealt with this, how I'll deal with the heavier things and how the craft helps me to progress through that and it's definitely a uh, moving in stages process and I have the advantage now of those stages being shorter I can move through them more quickly um, one of the things I did after I meditated was do some reading um, on my cards and the good news is I mean it was very clear that I'm obviously processing it but going to be fine like I knew I'd be fine but just things I should say like I'm not perfect emotional things can shake me up for a long time they can leave me significantly rattled like disproportionately and I totally recognize that I I'm very I'm a very emotional individual in the sense that when I am outraged I am absolutely unspeakably furious when I'm sad I'm absolutely crushed it's I'm, I'm an emotional person so while I knew I'd be okay it was nice reading the cards and they literally earth signs were showing up like signs of grounding and that was very reassuring re very comforting being an earth sign um, and having those show up in my readings was comforting of course then I, I did further readings and the cards were less gentle because they're like oh do you want to really do some readings well we'll really dive into some other stuff if you're feeling up for it because it's a new moon uh, so why wouldn't why wouldn't we get into heavy stuff when I'm least expecting it um by the way happy new moon to any and all I hope your new moon was great since I will not be posting this necessarily tonight um so yeah that was that was my experience I I've just had so many very positive interactions with nature that were you know celebrations of life I feed the birds I get to see them eat and be happy and hopping around and be colorful and vibrant and in motion and even on my nature walks when I see all kinds of cute wonderful little animals all over the place like they're alive and existing and vibrant and in motion so this was just a, a real swerve from what I am used to and a very harsh reminder that while my default right now is life and while I get to really enjoy and be very immersed in the vitality of life even even in winter I get all of this exposure to life that death can literally be just around the corner and I have to always have part of my mind prepared for it I was out of balance I've been out of balance um in a in a way overindulging in in life and growth um and forgetting that there is also death and decay so I uh, I got my wake-up call I'm going to take it seriously I'm going to be meditating on it and making sure that I am keeping that balance so that when things like this happen and I mean lord I I genuinely hope this does not happen again at least not anytime soon um but when something like this happens it doesn't throw me off 
quite so badly because again I was out of balance um, and I do think that that is one of the reasons I, I it had me as shook as it did so that would be my thoughts on the subject um, I'm sorry if this is not as fun or fulfilling an episode and actually looking at the time of the recording I might go ahead and post it tonight just because I don't want this to be my main post for a Thursday um so anyway there that is if you have any thoughts any similar stories if you feel like there was a different option that I should have taken I'm open for discussion um, please feel free to reach out to me. Uh, you can find me on Patreon. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me um, here, wherever you are listening. I should be on Stitcher and Spotify, still not iTunes. Um, and you can also send me an email at mad.mags.curios.emporium at gmail.com. And I really appreciate you guys taking time to listen. And if this episode wasn't your thing... Uh, no problem. I totally get it. Uh, probably isn't my thing either, (laughs) but I do appreciate it. And with that in mind, everybody remember, find your balance, be your best self and take no shit.